thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. When I was younger, not too long ago, um, I was minding my own business, walking with a friend in broad daylight uh, in a place called Winton, which was just next door to the village I lived in, which was called Worsley. Um, and a group of around seven older teenagers were shouting us across the road, saying, wait, 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 wait. And uh, it was a busy road, and they were telling us to wait. Now, me and my friend, it was about five o'clock in the evening. It was a fairly summer's day. Uh, I'd gone to Winton. I'll let you know the secret. I shouldn't have gone to Winton, okay? My mum and dad would have killed me, okay? <laughs> so I shouldn't have gone. Um, but we'd heard of a gang of youths that had started causing trouble, They'd started coming to our village and having fights with whoever they could find. And actually, there'd been rumours that they'd started uh, carrying knives as well. So these lads started shouting us and we didn't hang around. I'd said to my friend, run. But me, however, being the fashion giant of the time, I was wearing a pair. Now, I'm going to... I've Googled this to see if I can find a picture, but obviously we didn't have digital cameras in those days, so nobody has preserved a picture of these shoes that I had. But they were a pair of kickers. Anyone a fan of kickers? Okay. They were a pair of kickers loafers with the tassels on. You know the ones I mean? And they were green and blue. Yeah, anyone remember them? Yeah, okay, they were the bee's knees. But you know the thing is, you can't run in slip-on shoes. Okay, I thought I looked great, but these guys started shouting. So I said to my friend, run. And I went as quick as I could, but with little effect, and quite quickly on a corner because of some pedestrian railings, I was surrounded by about seven of these lads. And they started to rain punches, kicks, and all sorts on me. Uh, I don't want sympathy. It's not what it's about. Surprisingly, it started with a headbutt, which didn't hurt as much as the one Joel gave me on holiday. But uh, <laughs> and my, the thing that went through my head was, this actually isn't hurting, okay? That sounds bizarre. But I crunched myself into a little ball, and it was a busy road. And all I could go through my head was help, a little prayer of help. And in that moment, somebody passing by was at the lights, and they pressed their horn, which made these lads sit up and go, what's going on? I made me escape and ran into the chippy, where I discovered that one of the lads' mums worked in there, but that's a different story. But lots of worries went through my head. I'm just going to get my phone, because my iPad hasn't synced to it. That's always the worry, but we'll see. So... Okay, got it. That's fine. I thought for a minute I had no notes, but there we go. Um, you might think, why on earth am I telling you this story? Okay, and there is a reason for it. There we go. Got it. Thank you. There is a reason for it because actually, in that moment, I needed help. I had seven lads beating up on me. It was scary. And when I got home, it was even scarier still because I had to sort of explain to my mum why I was so late and I shouldn't have been in Winton. <laughs> But I tell this story because it provides context. Context is really important, isn't it? 
context is really important. If I said I loved you, the context of that would be really important. If I say it to Ros, it means one thing to saying it to, to you as church, okay? I love you, but I know that's not what I'm saying. Okay, but we see two miracles. I'm going to tell the story because we see the first three miracles of Elisha's prophet reign, if you like, or prophet uh, position. And it's a short part of the story, and it's a bit weird, all right? Bear with me. Thanks, Faye. Faye's read ahead. Okay. 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 19 to 25, if you've got your Bibles. If you haven't, they'll come up on the screen. It says this. The people of the city said to Elisha, look, our Lord, this town is well situated, as you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Bring me a new bowl, he said, that's Elisha, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt into it, saying, This is what the Lord says. I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained pure to this day, according to the word Elisha had spoken. From there, Elisha went up to Bethel, as he was walking along the road, some boys came out of the town and jeered at him. Get out of here, Baldy, they said. <laughs> Get out of here, Baldy. He turned around, looked at them, and called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the boys. And he went on to Mount Carmel and from there returned to Samaria. I told you Elisha was a bit weird, okay? <laughs> now, Elisha has taken on the mantle of Elijah. That's literally where we get the English saying from, to take on the mantle. He's taken on that role of prophet. He asked for the Spirit of God. Those of you in connect groups, we read on that passage. He asked for the Spirit of God within Elijah to be passed down to him, for it to be seen at work within him. And if you had those Connect Group questions, then you'll have seen the passing of Elijah and the crossing of the water by both of them in the same way. And today, we come to two miracles. But I'm going to deal with the second one first. Okay? Let's deal with the elephant in the room, shall we? In some ways, I identify with Elisha. Um, there was a song in the... Uh, yeah, I've been called Baldy this week by somebody, funnily enough. But anyway, I'll forgive you, Ian Salter, on the book group. But anyway, um, he didn't quite say it that way. But I get teased because of my lack of hair. There was a song in the 90s by Fat and Frantic, a Christian group that had a really good Christian message. And it was called, Last Night My Wife Hoovered My Head. And uh, there was a bit of it that said, Now Elisha, Isaiah, and Amos were all completely bald. They all got their heads hoovered on the day that they were called. I'm going to prophesy here, prophesy there. I know that I'm a prophet because I've got no hair. <laughs> Last night... My wife hoovered my head. Check it out. It's on Spotify. It's better than that. But we read this little excerpt of his life, and it's easy to look at it, isn't it, and go, whoa, Elisha's one grumpy geezer, isn't he? You know? Imagine every time I got called bored, I went, right, bears? Come on. You know? Imagine. And, you know, why was there some miraculous intervention just because of a bit of name-calling? You know? I would have been, it would have been brilliant at school. You know, the number of names that I got called Gladys, I got called all sorts. Imagine bears, you're here. But if we read out of context, we could start to think that the next time this happens, we can call on God and he will just go, zam, 
And it also seems a little bit cruel, but a lot of our misunderstanding of this story is actually probably a mistranslation of the original Hebrew. And it's also the way, and I think particularly the King James Version actually calls them little boys. And actually, we'll see in a moment, that isn't strictly true. So the Hebrew that's used here for these boys, in some it says young men, in some it says youths, in some it says little boys. The Hebrew that's used is a noun and a verb. So the noun is nayah, which can mean a baby, a child, or a boy. So it can mean those things. But it can also mean servant, kings, officials, or priest. So it doesn't have to mean boys. There's the first thing. Katan, not the settlers of, means young or little. But the question is, how young or little? This same adjective is used to describe Joseph when he was 39. So if you're 39, you're still young. I'm going to keep looking through the Bible until it finds someone who's 50 who's described as young, and I'll be fine. But the question is, how young or little? But also my question to this is, why on earth have they recorded these three verses where it looks a bit cruel and it's a bit weird? And that's where a third point comes in. Because the rabbis had a saying, and it was this, that the actions of the fathers are a sign for the sons. So in other words, some things that have happened before will be shown again so that you remember what's happened before. Okay? So the actions of the fathers are a sign for the sons. And is there a context for this little story in the wider Bible context? The Bible is full of the story of the rebellion of humankind against the goodness of God. Would you agree? Yeah. So is there a context in this passage for this little bizarre story about some bears mauling what we think are as little boys? And part of your reason goes, I can't read that to Sunday school children. They're not asleep. But... God reminds us of his power and miracles with echoes from the past in the present. It's important to recognise that. And just before this incident, we see that. Elisha sees the river part as he crossed over first to Jericho. 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 13 to 14, which we read in Connect Group, was this. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Remember the river Jordan? The Israelites have crossed it to the promised land. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. There is an echo of the fathers in the sons, isn't there? The crossing over of the water, the dividing of the water so he could cross over. Not only that, where does he go to? He goes, first of all, to Jericho. What was the first place the Israelites fought their battle in? Jericho. This was the place God had promised them. The first battle to gain the promise of God. So what on earth is the relevance of a bear attack? Why does it seem so harsh? Well, firstly... The bear attack happens in Bethel. And Bethel, at this moment in history, as we read this, is a place where the action is happening and has become a place of total rebellion against God. Bethel has become a place where they are worshipping Baal again. They're worshipping that cow god. They're worshipping Baal. A place where that is thriving and the creator God is being mocked. Right in the middle of a place that had been given to them as a promise. Bethel had become basically two fingers up to God. 
We don't need you. We don't want you. And actually, we've got this. So bearing that in mind, pardon the pun, the word young here is used to describe people from 5 to 40. doesn't mean children or youths. It definitely means fit and able. Add to the mix that we find out there are 42 of them. 42 of them. I was surrounded by seven, and it was quite terrifying. Elisha is in the middle of a place of pagan worship, surrounded by 42 people, and actually, that is an out-of-control mob. Add in that the word nah might not mean child, but might mean priest or servant of Baal, then you've got a totally different picture, haven't you? Yeah? These people are coming after Elisha and going, get out, we don't want you, we don't want God. But this is the place that God has promised. This is the place that God has promised. Not only that, Elijah has already chased and shown up the gods of Baal, haven't he? Yeah, remember Elijah, the battle against the prophets of Baal? He's already chased them out, and here they are back again. Do you know that can happen in our lives, can't it? You might have something that you deal with, you chase it out, it comes back again. You chase it out, it comes back again. Do you know today, God is saying, deal with it and stop it. Stop sticking those two fingers up at me, God says. I am the God that is greater. We've sung it this morning. Higher than any other. Echoing the miracle and the action of before. Joe, you know, the bald bit here isn't really the issue. You know, I know we like to read it and focus on it, but the bald bit isn't the issue. It's actually in, the, in one of the versions, you'll read the translation, not just get out baldy. It actually says, go on up, you bald head. Okay. Go on up, you bald head. So what happened to Elijah in the beginning of this chapter is he was taken up to heaven. So these people are basically saying to Elijah, we don't want God and you can go and die. That's how serious it is. We do not want God and you can go and die. Maybe that is the reaction and response of people to us today. We don't want God and you can just get lost. But these people are saying, you go up. You can just go the same way as Elijah. Get lost. We don't want you. You can be gone. And what's the result? God gives the miracle of protection over his chosen person. Can you see how actually now there's a reason why that story is in there? Because the miracle of protection is that God is greater than the pagan worship. God is greater than the Baals. God is greater than anything else you can turn to and actually higher than any other. And he is a God of protection. 42 people threatening Elisha, sending the message that God is God. Baal is not. And it's the same for whatever we worship today other than God. God is God. Everything else isn't. The last point on this little story, and then we can put it to bed. And anyone calls me bald, I'm still summoning bears. Okay? <laughs> we read the word maul, and we immediately think death. Well, the word maul can also be translated as cut. It can also be translated as injure. It doesn't have to be mauled. It doesn't say they were eaten doesn't say they were destroyed. It doesn't say they were totally wiped out. But you know what? They were certainly shaken up. And they were certainly shown who God was. And they were certainly given a reminder. But not only them were shown a reminder. 
they literally had the fear of God put up them. And everybody in Bethel who was still worshipping Baal also would know all my days. Just like when Elijah showed them on Mount Carmel. What the fathers, miracle of the fathers is seen in the children. Yeah? Does that make sense now? It does, doesn't it? It's logical. Sometimes you've got to dig a little bit and relax. I can get over the baldy bit now. Been dreading coming to that. But it did remind me a little bit of one more story before I move to the first miracle. Those of you who know Chris Lane, Chris and Andy Lane, their, their mum is a woman of prayer in Manchester. And when the kids were at one of the secondary schools in Manchester, she and a group of ladies got together every week to pray for that school. And one day, it was quite a stormy day, I think, and they were driving past the school. She was driving past the school, and she really got a sense of God's presence saying, you need to pray now. And she sat down, and she said, she just got this sense of evil, I think she says. And she said, God, blast the evil out of that school. Blast the evil out of that place. And she went home. Anyway, that day, lightning struck that school. And one classroom was damaged and had to be evacuated. And she felt awful. She's like, this is my fault. I feel awful. But actually, there was a story behind it where a, a supply teacher had come into that school in that very classroom and had, for some bizarre reason unknown to anybody, had started teaching the children about Ouija boards and tarot cards. So can you see that God is a God of protection? What does Jesus say in his prayer? Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. So today, if you're messing around with stuff you shouldn't, get God to blast the hell out of it, if you like. Get God to blast the evil out of our schools, to blast the evil out of our, our places, our youth clubs, our homes, and say, God, your will be done. Deliver us from evil. Because we want to see your kingdom here, yeah? We want to see a kingdom of holiness, of grace and peace. Deliver us from evil. That was the case in Elisha's story. God wants to deliver us from evil, but sometimes we need to be aware of the evil that surrounds us. Sometimes we need to know that actually that's not good for us and flee. And maybe when it happens, it might hurt or shake us up. I know Chris Lane's mum was shaken up and it wasn't her that was blasted. But maybe we'll just know God's protection in the midst of great danger. Which takes me to the other miracle. The beginning of this passage is the healing of the water. I'm going to read the verses again. So just 2 Kings again, just those first few verses. Um, have we got them on the screen? Thank you. The people of the city said to Elisha, Look, our Lord, this town is well situated, as you can see. Looks good. Looks good. But the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Bring me a new bowl, he said. That's Elisha. And put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt into it, saying, this is what the Lord says. That's key. This is what the Lord says. It's not Elisha. Not anybody else. This is what God says. I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained pure to this day, according to the word Elisha had spoken. Okay. This city that Elisha's in now, before he goes to Bethel, this is Jericho. He's crossed through that water, he's come to Jericho. The Jericho was the place of the first battle to gain God's promise. Do you know, it will be a battle in life. 
It will be a battle sometimes to stand on the promises of God. But the Bible tells us you've got to just keep standing, standing, stand firm, stand on the promise, stand. Put on the armour of God. We've heard that a lot this week, certainly in our house group, our connect group. Another place that God had given and was promised to be filled with plenty. What did God say about the promised land? That it would be flowing with milk and honey, provision, abundance. And here, they say, well, it's well situated. Looks good. It's on a hill. Jericho can't be hidden. Everything looks hunky-dory. If you're on location, 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 this would be the place to be. It's well situated. Either that or it's a Mancunian phrase, isn't it? I'm well situated. Anyway. It's nice looking, it seems ideal, and maybe that's our current outlook. Maybe we're not in the, the, the bears and the baldy bit where we're feeling vulnerable and we're feeling under attack. Maybe we're in a well situated place. Maybe we're thinking, actually, I'm doing okay, thank you very much. But there's an underlying problem. Maybe you've got good job prospects. Maybe you've got good health prospects. Maybe you've got a good outlook on life. But here we see below the surface it wasn't ideal. Below the surface, things weren't right. And they come to Elisha and say, the water's bad and unproductive. This looks like God's promise has gone off. God's promise has gone off. He's promised a land flowing with milk and honey. But maybe it's because their eyes have been taken off what's important. Do you know, it's not about being well situated. In life, it is not about being well situated. It is about what's flowing and what's growing. I'll say it again. It isn't about being well situated. It's about what's flowing in your life and through your life and what's flowing out of your life and what's growing in your life. That is what is right. It's not about having the best prospects on a human level. It's about growing for God and being filled so he can flow. Yeah? The water was bad. That meant the crops weren't surviving. But later on, it's not only that, it's implied there's been death. One of the, one of the historical facts implies that there was miscarriages galore, that people were barren, Children weren't being born. There was tragedies left, right, and center. And it was all because of this water, sickness, and illness. Do you know, as I read that, it reminded me of Blessed Hill. Those who've been to Blessed Hill now, they have a borehole. That doesn't mean a place where they put people who are really boring. Okay? It's not like the Chokey and Matilda for, for really dull people. It's, you know, they have fresh water. And they can have that fresh water constantly. Where they used to be, We've said this before, if you've been to a presentation that Alan and Hilly or myself and Ros and, and everyone has done, they used to go to what they called the well, didn't they? Was it the well or the spring? The spring. And it was covered in green algae. And they would go with their containers to this stagnant pool and they would get containers of water. And it was horrible. It wasn't good. We've just been on holiday to Crete. You can't drink the water. It will make you ill. You know, the other thing that it made me think of was a holiday I went on as a, as a young child to a Christian retreat place with my mum and dad called Brimstone Manor. Anyone been there? Just out of interest. No, it's got a name, hasn't it? Brimstone Manor. Oh, no, sorry, it was Trimstone Manor. We renamed it. We renamed it because every night became like an Agatha Christie story. You didn't know who was going to come down for dinner because 
everybody was getting sickness and diarrhea. And gradually, it was just getting worse and worse. And they realized in the end, they traced it to the, the pool. And the water in the pool was making everybody ill. And so they had to stop everybody from going in. It was bad. It affected everybody. When something is bad under the surface, it affects everybody. Here, the water affected everybody. So what does Elisha do about it? He goes right to the source of the problem. He doesn't go to the barrels and buckets that are full of water. He doesn't go to the containers they've gathered and bless them or pray over them. He goes to the spring. He goes to where the river starts. He goes to where the water comes from. And what does he do? He chucks salt in it. Anyone drunk salt water? Yeah? Anyone watch Friday night dinner? <laughs> okay. It's not very nice salt water, is it? No? And yet, Elisha chucks salt in this spring to make it better. I told you it was weird. I told you it was weird. Do you know, Elisha goes to the source. Today, whatever you hear, whether you think anything I say is of importance, this is clear. We need to go to the source. And you know, the source is Jesus. He is the living water. He is the well that will not run dry. He is the one that will impact your whole life if you allow him to, rather than the undercurrents that are bad. Do you know, if things are bad, even when they should be good, get back to the source. If you're a Christian this morning and you've taken your eyes off Jesus and put it more on your job and other things, get back to the source. If you spend more time reading, reading through Facebook than you read in your Bible, get back to the source. And he throws salt into the source. But context is king. This isn't God who's just saying, I'm going to do the opposite of what looks normal so that it looks amazing. Yeah, he does do that, but context is key. Salt does make some things better, doesn't it? Yeah? It can clean wounds. It can purify. It can preserve. However, Jesus said something about salt, didn't he? He asked his followers to be salt and light. Salt makes things taste better. Salt improves flavor to bring taste, to be life preservers and to bring cleanliness. But as Jimmy Cricket used to say, for you older people who remember Jimmy Cricket, there's more. There's such a thing in these days called a salt covenant. 2 Chronicles chapter 13 verse 5 mentions it. It says, don't you know that the Lord, the God of Israel, has given the kingship of Israel to David his descendants forever by a covenant of salt? Covenant of salt was a sign of an unbroken promise. The promised land hasn't gone bad. God's promise is yes and amen. God's promises are true. God's promises are now and always. Salt covenant was a sign of an unbroken promise and represented fidelity and faithfulness. Do you know this morning, get back to the source and you'll find a God that is faithful, who will never let you down, who is, there is no one like our God. We've just sung this morning, haven't we? There is no one. He is a God of faithfulness. He is a God of fidelity. So Elisha says to these people, here's the source. Remember the salt covenant that we've used before, the promise of plenty and provision, the promise of fruitfulness and a king. Well, here you go. We're back to the source. We're back to the promise. Keep your eyes on it. And what happens? 
He purifies and prays. He says, it's not me that's done it. It's not the salt that's done it. It's God that's done it. And God says, I want to make this pure. Today, he says, I want to make us pure. He has a salt covenant, a promise of faithfulness. He will never leave you. He will never let you go. He will never let you down. In the bad and in the good, when you're attacked by kids <laughs> or young adults or whatever, when you're in a position of peril, God is a God who will deliver us from evil. And God says to you this morning, I want to make a covenant of faithfulness with you. But you need to go to the source. You need to go to the source. Ask his Holy Spirit to start flowing so that our fruitfulness will grow and barrenness will end. What is the source? It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know, God wants to remind us this morning of past victories. As we finish, as the worship team come up, God wants to remind us of past victories in our life. If you're a Christian this morning, that moment when you went, yes, I'm all in for Jesus. I need Jesus. I cannot do this without Jesus. In that moment, you recognize the truth of the situation. Today, he wants to remind you and says, get back to that. Remember your first love. Remember that passion. Remember that drive. Past lessons, past turnarounds. We can look back in hindsight and see incredible situations that God has turned around. And today, he says, I will do them again. Because I am your God. The same God you once turned to. He says, turn to me again. So ask him to deliver you from evil. But also, don't just look good on the surface. Don't look for just good prospects and good situations. Look to the good God. Look to the God who is always good. The God, in fact, whose name is love. And the God who says, I will be with you always. 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 Get to the source and be faithful. Stop playing games. We see a world of faithlessness of, well, pick or choose whether I go to church, whether I do this. God says, no, get back in the family. Get back in the situation. Get back to me. The undercurrents will bring barrenness, will bring fruitlessness. God says, come to the source, deal with it, give it to me. And my promises are still there for you because my promise is unbroken. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that even in these strange stories um, that you are king. I thank you that you're a God who, who desires for us to be delivered from the evil one. You're a God who desires for us to be faithful as you are faithful. And yeah, Father God, I thank you for all that you are and all that you do. And I pray, Lord, in this place as we worship now, as we come towards the end, Father, I pray for any here who need prayer. I pray, Lord, that they will stand, that they will not let the enemy steal it away from them. Father, that they will go and they will be prayed for and that our prayer team will take their time and speak into their lives because it's what you're saying to us. Father God, I pray for anyone in this place who's never gone to the source before. I pray, Lord, they'll go this morning.
that they'll come to Jesus and say, I'm sorry and I thank you and I want your, I want your life. In Jesus' name.